everyone, I'm Goda, a fellow at Ace Adventures, and this is our first podcast of the series of female founders. Today I'm interviewing Melissa, a co-founder of a sustainable fashion platform, Project City. Hi, Melissa. Hello. <laughs> uh, so to begin with, could you just introduce yourself and Project CC? Okay. Um, well, as you already said, my name is Melissa Weingarten. Uh, I graduated last year from the University of Amsterdam. I studied economics and business. And during my studies, I started Project CC. I started it together uh, with my sister and her former roommate. Um, and my sister, it, it was because we were facing a problem in, sustain, in sustainable fashion. So we noticed that uh, there were a lot of brands out there who made beautiful products. Uh, but we also noticed that we didn't take the effort to find them whenever we needed something. Um, so then we were thinking, okay, how, um, what would help us to uh, actually start buying uh, sustainable clothing? If there are so many nice options there, like why don't we buy it? Um, we, because we know the fashion industry had quite some um, quite some uh, problems. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we were thinking about this problem, um, and then my sister, she was doing a minor programming at the time, and she says, uh, I can build a website that just like collects all the items of those uh, different web shops in one place. Um, so then it would be easier for us to um, yeah to find what you were looking for. So you don't have to um to go through all those lists of bloggers uh who said like oh i like this webshop or i like this webshop but you could immediately see what all those webshop had webshops had to offer uh so yeah we spent like uh one year uh of building it we built everything ourselves and in the beginning it really was like um yeah we uh, we didn't think of a business model immediately we were just like okay we want such a website and we want it to work we also thought, okay, we're students, so uh, we're not going to be in it full time. So um, we, we didn't dare to ask for money. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But at some point, it turned out that, like, especially from the brands, there was a lot of interest. So um, yeah, then we had to think about the money part as well. So then after one year, uh, so we launched in September 2016, uh, and then in September 2017, we. Uh, we introduced our affiliate marketing model. So uh, basically sustainability is something that's quite personal for all of you guys, right? I'm really in it uh, for the people because like sustainability is really uh, something different from every, for everyone. So um, like for me, the most important thing was uh, that whenever I buy something new, I don't want to exploit people uh, just for me mm-hmm. to have a new piece of clothing. Um, so I was really in it for the people, um, but then uh, Nora on the other side, she's really uh, like super vegan and really in it because of the um, yeah animal cruelty, but also environmental friendliness. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, could you tell us a bit more about how the search engine itself works? Yeah. So what we do is uh, we collect we create like a, a program that gets all the data from um, each web shop um, and all the data gets on our platform. So on our platform, it really looks like a normal web shop, but on the moment you decide uh, you want to buy something, you get redirected to the web shop itself. So we collect all the information, we collect like what sizes are left, uh, we collect the prices, if it's in sale, um, 
and then uh, yeah you can just easily browse through it in one place yeah and uh, how long did it take you guys to enter the market after you just came up came up with the idea of project cc uh, we spent one year exactly of on making the project uh, yeah so we spent one year of um, making the websites. So Marcella built everything herself. Uh, so she did like a course in um, a, this online course, it's called Django for Girls. Um, and then she just built the website based on that. Um, and then for every brand, she had to write a scraper. Uh, so that took a lot of work. And in the meantime, Nora and me, we were doing research on the brands. And uh, because about every brand, we also write a short piece of text. After that year, we were like, we still didn't feel we were ready to launch the website um, because we really felt like it had to be perfect before you launch it. But then at some point, we, uh, we noticed that other people were thinking about the same idea as well. And we uh, heard that they had a launch date already, which was our initial launch date as well. But we were like, oh, I'm not sure if we're ready. I'm, I'm not sure if it's good enough. Um, but then at some point we were like, okay, we need to be the first. If, if we're not the first, it's like, we were working so long already on this project. So uh, it would really suck to not be the first then. So uh, we decided to pick the same launch date and we just launched the product. Although we felt it wasn't ready then um, because it wasn't ready enough, or like because it wasn't perfect, we already got so much feedback on the website and what people were actually looking for, uh, which was already so much different than what we expected they would look for. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that's also really something that we learned is that it doesn't have to be perfect to launch. Just make sure it's good enough and make sure it contains um, like. Yeah, the right branding and like what you wanna um, what you wanna express, but then um, yeah, don't focus too much on the details. Yeah, for sure, I agree with you. First months after entering the market are basically very essential for every business. So, mm -hmm. could you tell us a bit more about your first months? For the first months, what we did is so in the beginning we didn't have uh, an uh, business model yet. Um, so we knew we kind of um, wanted to test the waters. Like, so uh, our first months were really uh, focused on creating proof of concept. So to see if people were actually looking for this, uh, to see if brands found it valuable as well, um, and to see if or like our um, implementation was the way that people wanted it. Uh, so it was about gathering feedback and um, like yeah, just talking to a lot of friends about how they uh, experience being on a platform. But online shopping is quite a saturated market, right? Because there are so many mm -hmm. big players like Zalando. So what did you guys think was your competitive advantage? So we really focused on, on the niche of sustainable fashion because at that time it really was a niche. Uh, like right now, everyone has something to say about sustainability, but at that time it really was a niche. Um, and. Uh, we knew people wanted to um, to buy sustainable fashion, and we knew there were more people uh, facing the same problems as we had um, with buying sustainable fashion. So um, yeah, we really focused on trying to solve that problem of um, buying sustainable fashion um, without a hassle. Well, Project CC has been out there for a while now. So do you feel mm -hmm. like 
consumer behavior towards clothing is changing in a way that people are choosing more sustainable brands? Definitely. Yeah, no, we, um, we really like, like what I was already saying, we also notice it in the brands that um, brands start talking about sustainability, even though they're not doing anything, uh, which makes it even harder though. Um, because in the beginning we were like, oh, nice, H&M is saying this thing about sustainability or Sarah's doing this, uh, which is really good. But then on the other hand, people are like, oh, nice, they're sustainable now, um, <laughs> while they aren't doing like yeah. <laughs> a big thing at all, uh, or they're still producing so much that they can never be stable um, the way they operate now. So, um, yeah, we do notice that people um, are... are uh, researching more that they are um, they are really looking into um, like okay I, I want to look good but I also want to uh, know the story about who made my clothes and um, how is it made and from what kind of materials so we do notice that a lot uh, yeah there's definitely a lot of greenwashing out there <laughs> and right now you guys are not only operating in the Netherlands but also in Germany and UK so yes. what sort of strategy did you employ to enter those foreign markets? Um, well, the, ger the German markets was really, um, we met a girl at an event in 2016, and she was like, oh, we need to a platform in Germany as well. Um, and then um, we were like, oh, sure, we can actually uh, quite easily scale up to Germany. Um, because, uh, yeah, we how we work is that, uh, we do, cre do create a different website for every country, but then um, we filter uh, only those shops who deliver below 15 euros to the country. Uh, only those shops uh, will be featured on the platform. So we thought in Germany um, that we could just uh, roll out our Dutch uh, website, um, translate it to German with the help of that girl. Um, and then just approach new brands to like to grow our platform, um, but it was a bit harder than we thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, because yeah, we thought everyone would speak English, but then they didn't. Um, and also, uh, like we would notice that um, if we would send an email in English, we didn't get a reply at all. But then if mm -hmm. we uh, we let Jana send the email in German, then she immediately got a really nice reply. So that was really funny to notice. Uh, we kind of underestimated that effect. Um, but we also had that in the UK that we thought, okay, we, we speak English, so we can really easily uh, roll out our platform, uh, translate everything. Uh, but then on the UK, we really noticed on the consumer side that people do notice if you're like, if, if English isn't your first language or like mm -hmm. those, those, the slang, um, the local words you don't uh, know. So we really noticed that in our blogs that they didn't get, uh, that people didn't really uh, like their blogs or interact with them um, in the UK, although we thought we spoke the same language, but yeah. <laughs> it didn't. Um, but the strategies we use to, uh, to go or uh, international businesses is mostly, uh, first we really focus on building a community. So, um, we don't really, we don't only want to sell you clothing. We really want you to think about uh, when you buy clothing. So that's why we also write a lot of blogs. We go to a lot of events. We do a lot of talks um, 
to let you think about sustainability in fashion more. Uh, and then, so yeah, so that's what we did in the UK and in Germany. We wrote blogs, uh, went to events, uh, yeah. and yeah, interact with people. Until now, what have been your sort of, you've probably heard this question quite many times, <laughs> but uh, what have been your uh, biggest mistakes and what did they learn you as a business and as a team? Ooh, I think um, we made a couple mistakes. <laughs> I think one of the mistakes we made was that um, we really uh, spend a lot of time collaborating with people uh, without asking for things in return. Um, so an example is that we, um, <laughs> we like, remember when I told you that when we launched, uh, we noticed that other people, we launched because other people were, uh, were launching at the same date. Yeah. Um, so those people um, we got in touch with at some point because, um, yeah, we were working in the same market and there was a third player there as well. Um, and um, yeah, we were like, okay, we can also collaborate instead of, um, yeah, both all going for the same fish. Um, so that's what we did. And we decided that we wanted uh, like a, a platform to collect all the sustainable bloggers in one place, uh, which is like really, um, yeah, comparable to our own business model, but then yeah, for bloggers. So we decided that we would make the website and they would do the marketing. <laughs> <laughs> and then we spent the whole summer working on that website and nothing ever came from it. So uh, they didn't do the marketing because they were too focused on other projects, which we totally understand, but it, it had cost us the summer. Um, yeah. And we didn't put anything down legally. So yeah, it was just like a really big waste of time. Um, yeah. And I think that's something um, that, that, yeah, that we learned along the way as well that yeah to stay focused on um what you're aiming for and your main business model for us but it was quite um a logic like we could try to um to extend the business model very early on already but then like yeah it, it we would lose focus uh yeah. and we would create less impact than we actually wanted yeah and what on the other hand what has been your biggest success um, I think, I think personally, I'm really proud that we're still existing and still growing, um, because also looking at those competitors and, um, other people in the scene, it's, it's really a, a really tough market because, um, everyone wants to create impact and everyone wants to, um, wants to help each other out. But at the same time, it's really hard to actually make money because the margins are really, really, really thin. So it's really hard to make a business model on um, like a working business model in this market. So I'm really proud that we're, um, we were able to do that and still exist yeah. and grow. Yeah. And just in general, like sustainability is such a trend right now that probably mm -hmm. there's so many new companies coming into yeah. the market probably. Yeah, mm -hmm. true. Yeah, we do also notice uh, that a lot of people are also uh, working on kind of the same business model now. Um, and on the one hand, it's really sad because we're like, oh, no, but we want to be the biggest and we want to be only. Um, but on the other hand, it's also uh, good for our motivation at first, but also it's really good uh, if the market gets bigger, if sustainable fashion is really like becoming a bigger uh, part of fashion or like the only part in fashion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, that's very interesting about Project CC. And now I would actually like to talk a bit more about the aspect that your whole team consists of women. And mm -hmm. it is still not something we see that often in in the world or in the Netherlands mm -hmm. nowadays. So um, how do you think this played a role in your business? Well, I, I don't think uh, we were really um, aware of it until we really started um, yeah, started going to like this pitching competitions and things like that. There we really noticed that there's like mostly guys. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but in business, I think um, I think compared to um, guys in general, um, is that uh, we are more um, careful to claim that we are actually uh, good at something. So we, we weren't that braggy in the beginning, and I think that would be something that we could improve. But I'm not sure, like there's a lot of women who are able mm -hmm. to do that. I'm not sure if that's a personal thing or just like yeah. a general thing. Um, so I think for us, mostly it impacted us in a good way um, because we were able to do uh, competitions like TEDx Startup Woman uh, Amsterdam, um, which really was a great networking opportunity. Um, we also, uh, when we did like PR, camp PR campaigns, we really put in the title like Women Female Founded Startup uh, Does This. Uh, and we noticed that that's, um, that there was a lot of awareness for it. So um, if we didn't put that in the title, um, then our press release wouldn't get picked up as much as it did now. Yeah, oh, that's great to hear. And yeah. uh, did you ever feel like you were treated differently as a team? Um, yes and no. So um, I think like, I'm, I'm not sure if it's like a personal thing or if it's, a general thing, um, but I feel like, um, uh, yeah, so for example, when we're getting investments uh, or when we're talking to uh, people who um, are really experts in business, um, we do notice that they explain a lot, like <laughs> really, really, really basic things. Like, for example, the CTR, uh, which means the click-through rate, um, and then they're going to explain to us what it means. But we do e-commerce, so it's one of the metrics that's really important to us uh, when we do ads. Yeah. So it's, it's like those assumptions, and they feel like they have to explain things to you. Uh, that sometimes happens. Uh, and what also happens a lot is uh, for Marcella, she's uh, doing the, the tech side of Project CC. She, it, so often she gets, uh, like, thanks Marcel instead of Marcella, uh, because they just assume she's a guy, although yeah. they have been emailing for so long already. So yeah. those kind of things. But that's probably the unconscious bias, right? Yeah. That's probably yeah, the biggest definitely. problem. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, the unconscious problems are, um, yeah, for us bigger because like there's so many great initiatives um, and I think that really helps to create awareness for that unconscious bias that people have. Yeah. Um, so it, yeah, I think that's really helpful. Um, and we've been able to, uh, yeah, to enjoy a lot from, yeah. from those, like for example, those, um, the TEDx talk we gave, that was really, really awesome. It was, it was uh, created by Marianne Speer uh, and she's, she's really inspiring when she does so many things, but then also, um, 
yeah, just the people you meet there, it's like there's so many successful women and they get a platform through that uh, TEDx. Um, and it's really nice to meet them and talk with them about what you're facing and the things you experience. And uh, well, you as a female entrepreneur and you have gone through the whole funding process as well. Do you mm-hmm. have any ideas how this inclusion of women in this uh, startup field could be accelerated? I think that like um, tackling the unconscious bias, I think that's really um, a, a thing that uh, needs to be done. Another thing I think that would help, that would personally have helped me, um, is that like, for example, um, some training in how to brag. <laughs> Um, because <laughs> for us, it didn't came, come natural to really, um, yeah, to really um, talk big about what you're actually doing. Um, whereas if you go to those pitching events, you see such simple ideas and um, people are talking about it as if they're launching a rocket to the moon or something. So it's, it's, it's really about how you present your ideas. Um, and I think... Um, for women, it's less natural to brag about what you have done. We're more likely to assign it to other causes, like, yeah, if we got lucky, we were in a growing market, or, um, yeah, we got lucky, this happened, or, like, it, it's, it, we, we don't really assign it to ourselves. And, and like, right now, I can, I, I learned a bit about it, but then also, um, yeah. It, it still feels weird to give like a, like for the numbers I can really uh, it's really easy to do but then also with projections and stuff like that we always feel like yeah but it's it's projections it's based on so many things you don't know um, if it's gonna happen or not so we're we're more conservative um, in making them making them whereas other startups are really like yeah we're going to the moon <laughs> yeah. so that's uh, yeah that's that's interesting. Well, to conclude, basically, what advice would you give to people or maybe even specifically female entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. who are planning to start their own business? Um, I think the greatest advice I could give is to just start uh, and don't wait for things to be perfect. Just make sure it's good enough. Um, Because if you're aiming to go for perfect, it's going to take a lot of time and by the time it's perfect, it's already not perfect anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think the lesson would be just start and uh, try to improve as much as possible on the way. Thank you a lot for such interesting conversation and for finding some time for us. Good luck. 